single language. Father, help me to use it for your glory. Help me to use it for your glory. Father, hold me tight. Lay around me the belt of truth. Do not let me give my loins and my desire and my communion and my fellowship and my intimacy to anything apart from you. Baba, this one life that I have, let it count for something that is powerful in eternity. This one life that I have, oh God, let it make a mark before your throne. Let it make a mark in heaven. I don't have the complete roadmap. I don't know what that looks like. But I trust you, Jesus, that if I ask you to help me, you will do it. So, Baba, I commit my life to you once again. Wherever you may be, make that prayer to Jesus. I tell him, just this one life, let it count in your presence. Let it count in your books. Let it count in your records. Let it count in your courts. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Welcome you all this morning um, to prayer reign, day three. I believe that the Spirit of God indeed is doing the work of the shift. You know, you see, the temptation of prophecies and prophetic word is that there's a tendency for the receiver to believe that there is no spiritual labor required of him to become what the prophecy says, you know, and that's the temptation. But you see, there, there are different ways in which God encounters us. I believe in prophecies and we'll touch a bit about it today. But there is a place where the Lord requires you to labor in the spirit, to become, to enter his fullness, to be the prophetic word. Not just that you received it, but you became it. By reason of your spiritual labor, you became that which the Lord spoke about. So I believe that God is shifting us this morning and he's shifting a lot of people. He's shifting those whose hearts are yearning, those whose hearts are burning, those whose hearts are desirous of him. The Lord is coming to meet with you and God is causing internal shifts to happen. By the time we are done, after 21 days, I'm telling you, you will look at yourself and say, ah, what happened to me? Because you see, the way the Lord moves is like a compass at sea. You see, when you know they talk about just one degree, just, just a variation to one degree. And when you move after one week, you find out that you're no longer on course. One degree variation looks like nothing. But when you multiply it over a period of time, you realize that you have moved in a completely different direction. And I believe that that is the purpose of expanded times of prayer. That is the purpose of consistency in the word of God. That's what it does to you. And then after a period, you realize you have shifted. So as we do all of this spiritual exercise, that is what the spirit of God is doing. But what God is also doing was this morning, he began to speak to me again. 
about what I shared about him building the walls and raising the walls. And the Spirit of God started to say to me this morning, he said, I am not just raising the walls in the lives of my people. He says, but I'm also teaching them how to partner with me to raise the walls in their lives. And the Spirit of God says, the way that I'm raising the wall is that I'm going to do it in partnership with the people. He said the same way that I was going to raise the wall around um, around my people, I was going to raise it in the time of Nehemiah. He said that I did not just say, oh, Nehemiah, go, I'm going to supernaturally do it. He says, Nehemiah had to partner with me. He partnered with me on the level of knowledge. He partnered with me on the level of strategy. He partnered with me on the level of favor. He partnered with me on the level of negotiation. He partnered with me on the level of leadership. He partnered with me on the level of movement and momentum. And so the spirit of God began to say, he partnered with me on the level of blueprints and architectural patterns you know, he partnered with me to have novel ideas. He says, even though I was the Lord that wanted to raise the world, but the man had to partner with me for me to use him and to show him how to do it. And God says, yes, I am raising the walls around your life. I am rebuilding your defense system. I am reestablishing you within the territories and the borders that I originally gave to you from the foundation of the earth. But the spirit of God says the way that that is going to happen is that I'm going to require of you you to partner with me. So this morning, will you partner with God? Will you partner with God in prayer and intercession? Would you partner with God in a new kind of study of the word? Will you partner with God in the stewardship of the things that you are taught here? Will you go back and listen to them again and again, write down every scripture, go back and study every scripture until you enter what God gives to us each day. Don't let it go. Partner with the Lord, because what you need to build in this year is coming to you by reason of what God is saying every day. But how are you stewarding it? Nehemiah did not just cry and say, oh, I feel bad for the walls that have not been rebuilt. No, Nehemiah did something about it. He went in prayer and waited until the Lord gave him strategy on what to do. Until the Lord said to him, now go and talk to the king, do this, do that. Ask for God, ask for this. Listen to me. This year has been allocated for your favor and allocated for your upliftment, but not everyone will enter into it. The ones that will enter into it are the ones that will pay the price and will say, Baba, anything it takes. Listen to me, that's a dangerous prayer, but it is the prayer that you need when you want to make destiny moves. Prayers like anything that it will take, Lord. Is it fasting? Is it studying? Is it meditating on the word? Is it cutting off certain relationships? Is it building certain relationships? Is it praying certain kinds of prayer? Is it asking God for new levels of consecration? Is it waiting on Lord in the dead of the night when you should be sleeping, but you are crying out to God? Is it listening to sermons consistently? Whatever it takes, Lord, help me. But I don't want to be left behind your calendar. I don't want to be left behind the agenda of heaven, whatever it takes, Lord. Show me what you require of me that I may enter into my position of destiny. Make that prayer. Show me what you require of me, oh God. You can keep your microphones muted. Show me what you require of me 
that I may enter into destiny. Show me what you require of me, that I may enter into thy high places. Show me what you require of me, so that I will be able to break the chains around my life and truly enter the flow of my calling. Show me what you require of me, Baba, so that I may begin to swim in the rivers of your spirit, so that I will no longer be one that talks about the move of the Holy Ghost, but I become the move of the spirit. Show me what you require of me, oh God, so that I may be able to expand the territories you have given to me by reason of my collaboration with your spirit. Baba, show me how to allow the Holy Ghost enter my life and completely invade me. Mute your microphones, please. Show me, oh God, how to allow the Holy Ghost teach me to expand territories in my, in my life. Father, show me how to partner. Show me, show me whatever it takes, oh God. But do your work in my life. Do your work in my life. Is there a Jabez in the house who says, my God, I am tired of where I was in 2022. I am tired of where I am, Lord. I need something new. I need something fresh. I need it because I know that there is more in you. I need it because I want to be able to have a, a deeper kind of conversation with you, Jesus. Another kind of engagement with your spirit. I need it, Lord, because my children must be healed. My marriage must be healed. My ministry must be healed. My family must be healed. My relationships must be healed. Oh God, I must be healed in the way that I see myself. In my identity, it must be healed, Baba. I need it. So Father, show me. Show me the next phase of my engagement with you. I am here. Reveal to me your ways, oh God. And give me the humility to follow after your word. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. You see, between um, yesterday and today, my little son Judah has come to me three times. And do you know what he said to me? He asked me yesterday. He said, mommy, are you okay? I said, hey, hey, Judah, I'm fine. Why? He said, um, why are you not talking? I said, Judah, I'm, but I'm here. I'm talking to you. He said, no, mommy, you are quiet. Are you okay? I said, Judah, I'm fine. This is a two and a half year old boy. But he was able to tell that there was something different about his mother. Tonight again, he came to meet me, he opened the door. He said, mommy, I said, yes, anything. He said, I just want to ask you, how are you? I said, I am fine, Judah. He said, okay. I said, why are you asking? He said, I don't know. I just want to ask you because I did see you. We are all in the, in the living room. And I said, Judah, I'm fine. Mommy is just praying. Mommy is just waiting on God. He said, you are waiting? I said, yes. And he said, okay. I, I'm sure he didn't know the meaning of waiting. But the truth is, you have to come to a point in your life where even the people in your life can tell that you are chasing after somebody else. They can tell that your intimacy is being given to someone else. They can feel it. I'm not saying that when you are fasting, your family should feel like, oh, you are not there for them. No, that's not what I'm saying. But there's a way that you get so engrossed in another life that those that surround you can tell that something is happening to you. 
I have been a pastor for many years, almost 20 years, and I have seen transformed life. I have seen the process by which it happens. I have seen people wake up and say, God, more. And I saw them literally go from here to there. And I saw the process of their transformation. That kind of hunger and godly sorrow, I don't see it a lot these days. But I know that one thing I do know is that when I am lacking the, the, the hunger and I'm lacking the needed commitment, if I ask the Lord, he gives it to me. If you ask the Lord for hunger, he will give you. He doesn't only give you bread when you're hungry. He gives you the hunger for the bread. If you say, Baba, I need more of you, but I don't desire it, but I know I should desire it. Help me to desire you. God can do it. God can do it. If a man can woo a woman, and a woman that when she first saw the man, she just thought, I beg, I beg, I beg, I don't like this one. And then six months later, the woman is saying, I can't live without you at my heart. Uh -uh. If a human man can do it, then talk about God. He can woo you. He can pull you into the beauty of his presence to the point where he becomes your only attraction and attention. All you need to do is ask of the Lord and you will receive. I pray that God will help you to set your emotion and set your heart on him this morning so that you will not lose anything that he has for you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to run really quickly into a couple of things that I believe the Spirit of God will have me teach you. There's a couple of things I believe the Spirit of God will have me say before we leave here. For those of you who have been joining prayer reign um, for many years now, I'm sure you must, you must commend me because my voice has really reduced. This abroad is not allowing me to shout because before I shout small, I'm hearing people walking on top of me, on top of my head. That these thin walls are not allowing my anointing to flow the way it wants to flow, but we shall overcome. Um, so I can't wait to get back to Nigeria. Where I can inside my soundproof room in my house. <laughs> but but I know that the Lord is yet moving. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Um, a couple of things that, <laughs> thank you, Dolly. A couple of things I wanted to say, you know, yesterday we began this whole journey of, um, of the, the divine. And remember, I told you guys that that word divine that was used when it said in 2 Peter um, um, 1, from verse 2 to um I believe when he was talking, he says, according to, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You know, it then went further down in verse four to say, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So the aim of it all is that God wants us to also have the same nature that he has. And I said to you that that word divine in the Greek word is the word theos. And that word theos um, actually um, is used to speak about divine, but also used to speak about the Godhead. It is spoken of 
that he speaks of the Trinity, which is Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. And we know that even in the Old Testament, every time he spoke about the Trinity, it usually referred to them as Elohim. You know, so when God spoke about, when God now said, according to his divine nature, God is saying that, hey, he wants to bring you into that place of wholeness and completeness, just like the Trinity is whole and complete. I need you to understand that this is really powerful because you see, part of the things that makes God who he is is the architecture of his throne. And the architecture of God's throne is that there's a, a, there's a tripartite nature. He's not just God the Father or the one that controls all things and wills and desires, but he has an executing spirit called the Holy Ghost. But he also has the word by which all things are made, the word which is the substance of all things that gives body to all things. And according to the word, things are held in place. And according to the word, there is a performance of things through time. So you need to understand that because of the architecture of God's throne, it is impossible for him to fail because just by thinking about it, life comes by the power of the Holy Ghost. He says that this is the divine nature. This is the meaning of divine. It is the word used also for the Godhead. It is the word used um, to, to, to represent Trinity. He says that God is giving us these great and precious promises in Christ Jesus, so that by reason of us receiving them, we also, we have this divine nature. We also, we become the theos. We also, we operate like the Godhead. Let me help you understand what is going on in this season. Part of what the Spirit of God is doing is that he's awakening the divine inside of you. Because you see, the battle we have fighting today, Satan has lifted the warfare. He has so lifted it that when you turn on your TV, all you see is all kinds of divine, there are all kinds of divine things, and I'm talking about spiritual divination, all kinds of things, symbols, signs, all kinds of incantation, hexes, spells that are right there penetrating the media space, penetrating our lives, penetrating our children, penetrating on a daily basis. The warfare has changed even in fashion industry everywhere. You see it everywhere, even in organizations now. They consult with all kinds of uh, sorcerers and people to Come and give, they tell them how to build the organizations. They cast spells and incantations over things that they are building. You cannot war simply anymore. You need to now rise up in the architecture of your divine nature that God gave to you from the beginning. Where is your component that is like the Godhead? Where is your component? What, what, what is the power of your spirit? If the Holy Ghost is able to go forth and to cause things to come to pass according to the will of God, that tells you the power of your own spirit, how your spirit can make journeys that your physical leg cannot make, how your spirit can make journeys that break through time, that break the barriers of human earthly standards, how your spirit can enter into your future and begin to bring things to pass, how by the Holy Ghost inside of you, you can make prophetic journeys and you can begin to cross borders and you can begin to cross physical stations by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is calling you into this divine nature where your word is powerful. When you declare a matter and it is established, why? Because you understand that you have become a partaker of the same nature of God, whereby none of his word falls to the ground. Therefore, none of your words fall to the ground. When you declare that in 2023, this is what you will do by reason of the infiltration of the Holy Ghost's inspiration in your life, that thing comes to pass.
pass. Why? Because the moment the word is released, something also begins to happen. Your spirit begins to receive plans, blueprints, patterns by which you can establish it. Why? Because you have not become a partaker of the divine architecture of God. I need you to stay with me this morning. Because the wars that you have to fight, you will fight them by this revelation. Your marriage, you will preserve it by this revelation. When you enter into the knowledge of the divine, you become very, very calm. Why? Because where you, where you are, what you are seeing, sitting down, people that are shouting, jumping up and down, they are not seeing it. It is not by power. It is not by mind. It is by what? The spirit. So you see, you need to enter. You need to tear that thing, that, that tight garment that Satan has put around you. You know what that garment is? That garment is the garment of carnality. The garment of this life, the garment of this world, the garment of the culture of the earth, the garment of gossip, who is saying what, the garment of the new thing, what's happening, what's not happening, party, yeah, 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 change, change. Be awakened in your spirit. Be awakened. Let everything that is going on in your life be able to find, be able to articulate spiritually every matter in your life. God is calling us. He says the purpose of these great and precious promises is that he may put us into the place where we also now enter the realization of what it means to be the divine, of what it means to carry the theos nature. Please, are you still with me this morning? Hope nobody is sleeping on me. If you are with me, say, Pierre, we are here. Now, what it means yeah, to yeah, be yeah. What it means, thank you very much, what it means to carry the divine nature. That is where God is pulling us to. Because you see, every battle that you will fight this year, you have to win it. And you are winning it not just for yourself. You are winning it for the kingdom of God. So this is what God is calling us to in this season, that we will understand the divine. So I began to go down and I started explaining to you what the divine looks like and how the divine speaks about you know, this realm where you have the spirit, the angels, the celestial beings and all of that, you know, and all of that, you know, we went further down and I began to go a little bit into divination. And we started to look at people like uh, Saul and I stated to you the things that lead people to divination. And I said, usually the enemy will mount an attack against you so great that you are like, my goodness, you will become afraid because of the attack against your life. And then God will not say anything. And then you will consult with your prophet. You will not hear a word. And then you are, you are like, what do I do? You now begin to break the government that has fought you. The government that enthroned you and gave you power and gave you favor before men. You begin to break it. You adjust the standard a little here, a little there. And so Saul went. The very things he sent out many years ago, he went to consult them. He went to look for the witch, witch of Endor. And I said, the moment you realize that you are going back to things you had left, you, that when you were in the university, that's when you had already tied your belt and said, ah, holy one, holy things. Then it's now that you are not learning to go to club. It's now you are learning to smoke Igbo when you are 41 years old. The thing you did not do when you were serving the Lord with all your heart in your 20s, in your 30s. Is it in your 40s? My father will say in our language, they know they take old age, learn bad habits. You must not learn bad things when you are old because you will not be able to break it. This strength of conviction by which you, you liberated yourself 20 years ago, it's not the same anymore. 
So you see, when you begin to consult the things that you kicked out of the land, when you begin to go back to the things that you had rejected by reason of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I need you to know that Satan is setting you up, I said it yesterday, to take the kingdom that God has allocated to you, for you, to you away from you. He's trying to take away your divine estate, and that's where we'll end today, divine estate. He's trying to take your divine estate away from you. He's trying to take the allocations of God away from your life so that you will be left destitute without reward and you will lose your mind. Because part of the things that happen to divination is that you lose your mind. And there are different divination does not begin with just the act. It begins with the heart. I need you to understand. It is a heart that is unwilling to pay the price of repentance so that they may find the Lord. That's the heart where divination begins. And when I say repentance, sometimes the repentance is not just that you did bad. It's not only that that you repent from. Sometimes the bad is not that you stole or you, you, you committed adultery or you lied. Sometimes that's not the bad. Sometimes the bad is that your heart is just unwilling or unable to align with God's will per time. Sometimes that's the bad. That you are still waking up, you are doing morning devotion, you are praying, you are doing everything. But God is saying, I want to restore this person. Or God is saying, I want to move in this direction in this person's life. Or God is saying, oh, I want you to relocate. Just your inability to align with the heart of God at time. Sometimes it's what you need to repent for. When a person's heart is unwilling to repent so that they may enter again into the refreshing of God, they are willing to repent, but they want to enjoy the voice of God. They want to enjoy the voice of direction. They want to enjoy the voice of, you know, knowing the future. They want to enjoy the voice of the prophetic, but their hearts are seared with hot iron. When you find a man that has entered into that place, you find a man that can easily open the door to divination. Why? Because you want to hear the future. You want to hear what the future holds, but you don't want to know the one that holds the future. You want to hear what the future knows, but you don't want to know the one who has created the future. Then you can easily enter into divination. Why? Because the enticement of divination is come. Let me give you everything that your eye sees and your heart desires without you bowing down to the God who gives everything. That was what Satan was trying to pull Jesus into. When he took him to the high mountain, he says, look at everything that I can give to you. If only you will bow down to me. Excuse me, what did Satan create? He's not a creator. So the way divination begins is that it wants to turn your eyes away from who the true master is and he wants you to bow to your immediate need to your immediate desire to your immediate wants without consecrating your heart to the one who holds it all you can easily open the door to divination when you are willing to pay the price to know the one who can give you everything that you are desiring so i need you to stay with me so you see we began to speak about all of that yesterday and so what the Spirit of God is saying is that the shifts that we need to make in this season will begin with the shift on the inside of us. The shift on the inside of us. How many times will we shift? I am willing to shift as many times as the Lord is willing to reveal himself to me. As many times that he's willing to show himself to me in newer and greater measures, I am ready to shift my life so that I may find him, so that I may touch him, so that I may know him. 
For every time that you shift, you come into a new season of vulnerability. For every time that you shift, you come into a new season where you feel like a child, where you feel like you don't know what you, what you, what you used to know. But you see, the shifts are important. The shifts are important. What use is it? Chasing a God that has gone, gone, gone and left you. All you are left with is just the fragrance of his presence that passed you. Oh, that's all you are left with. You are still reeling from the glory of two years ago. When there is a power of today, you must be willing to shift. God says all of the shifts are on the inside of us. He says as you make this internal shift, God will begin to shift the things around you. This morning, before we go on, I need you to pray. I need you to begin to lay your life down like cards on a table and say, Baba, this is my life. These are the areas of my struggle. These are the areas that I am struggling to surrender to you. These are the things in my life, oh God, that I know you are calling me to deal with, but I have been unwilling to. Maybe you have even been unable to. You tried, but it did not work. These are the things. And sometimes, like I said to you, bad is not as we know bad. It could be that God even called you to an office, but you've just not embraced it. You've been dilly-dallying about your calling. Ah, pray this morning. Pray this morning so that you will not use your hand to open the door to something that will enter and deceive you, derail you, and steal from you. The Bible says the thief has only one desire, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. It is all encapsulated in the thief. That's all he wants to do. And the thief is not only does not only come to attack you physically. The thief attacks your mind, and he allows you to take a position that is anti-God. And the moment that happens, you give him room to enter your life. Pray this morning. I say, Baba, I lay my life before you. Saleleke lelobo shandaha. Kivanta bregedele dekalodo sunta. Shingampante kitoso prenemidaka. Every door that I opened, in every way, oh God, that a shandokoba, I took the posture of divination. That posture of, I will not repent, but yet I want to touch the holy things. Baba, have mercy on me. This morning, I reposition myself because I know you are Lord. Because I know you are master. And Baba, I'm not saying it from a place of hopelessness. I am saying it, oh God, with the fullness of reference for who you are and an acknowledgement of the fact that you are the eternal everlasting one. Who am I to speak a word against you? Father, look at my life. I lay it down before you. I open it before you, my God. I ask that you take every part of my being. I ask that you saturate every corner of my heart. I ask, oh God, that you help me this day to give myself wholly and completely to the things that you require of me. When I leave this call, God, let this prayer yet burn in my loins throughout the day like fire. Let it burn in me like fire throughout the day. But by every waking moment, when I'm walking down the street, when I am walking in my office, when I am cooking in my kitchen, Baba, help me to keep praying this prayer my God, that I will be one that is consecrated and separated unto you, that I will be one that constantly bows herself 
yourself to your will. Don't let these prayers leave me, my God. Let them hook me. Father, let them be like holy tentacles that grip my soul. Father, that I will pray it consistently until I feel the fire and the breakthrough of the words that I am praying in my life and in my heart. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you in Jesus' name that the God of transformation, the God who invented the concept of transformation in itself, I pray that he will hear you this morning. Oh, I pray that he would appoint for you everything you need in the spirit realm to make it possible for you to ascend into the height of glory, into the height of truth, into the height of renewal in the name of our Lord Jesus. I pray that a holy system will be set up around your life that will necessitate that these words you have spoken in truth and purity of heart, that they will come to pass. I pray that these prayers that you have prayed will become like a um, like a garment around you in the spirit realm that will wrap itself around you like a living cloak and a living garment that will wrap itself around you that every moment of today, every moment of this month, that this will be your prayer that I may know you God. That my heart may be in submission to you, God. That my spirit will be saturated with the knowledge of your will in the name of our Lord Jesus. Can I hear an amen? You know, the Lord began to say to, um, um, he began to speak to Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4 verse 6. This is what the word says. He said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It is not by might, it is not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The things that we will achieve in this year, it is not by our power. It is not by our strength. And I need you to hear me very carefully. When I think about the weight of work that is waiting for me, all I want to do is collapse. You know, but when I think about it, I'm like, it's okay. Collapse into the arms of Jesus. Collapse into the arms of the Holy Ghost. Because, you see, it's not by your power. Oh, when you reach a point that you begin to think that it is you, that's where Satan is setting you up. It is going to be by the Holy Spirit. This is the divine life. This is the divine one that is at work within you. And, you know, I thank God for making me say that because, you know, when we talk about the divine, the divine is not just a state of life. It is a state of life. It is also a position in life. It is also a realm of existence. So it is a state. It is a position. It is a realm of existence. It is also the sphere of operation. It is also the allocations of the spirit. But the divine is also a person. And his name is Jesus. So when he begins to speak about the divine life, it is saying that you will wear Jesus as if you have worn a, 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 a garment over you, to wear Christ and for Christ to wear you. That's what it means to walk in the divine life so that you are fully encapsulated in the knowledge of his life, his will, his identity, the outworking of his grace, his government, his power. This is what it means to be in the divine. And this is where we have entered in this year, 2023, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So every one of us need to enter once again into the effectual power of the Holy Ghost. Until we do so, we may be caught in the divination of Satan for this generation. 
And I know that our Lord God Almighty has broken the hand of the enemy of our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because as he said in Numbers 22, 23, 23, the Lord said, he said, for there is no omen against Jacob and there is no divination against Israel. At the proper time, it shall be said to Jacob and to Israel what God has done. So I say to you by the power of the Holy Ghost, there is no omen against you and there is no divination against you because God has set you and appointed you as his own in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. When you look at um, just the meaning of divine, you know, divination rather. Divination comes from the Latin word divinare, D-I-V-I-N-A-R-E, which means to foresee, to foretell, to predict, even to prophesy. It's an attempt to gain insight into a question or a situation by way of occultic standardized processes or rituals. That's what the Greek word diviner means, or what divination means. So when you think about it, the practice, it is the practice of determining hidden significance, you know, or cause of events, sometimes to foretell the future by various natural or psychological techniques. Now you are listening to me, I think, we said that we are, this year we are going to build, shift and build, within concern divination, concern shift and build, Honestly, me and you are asking the Holy Ghost the same question. You understand? So together we are going to find out what the answer is. But it is what he has said. Teach about divination. Because I perceive really strongly that we are going to have heightened spiritual activities this year. But I also know that God wants you to be able to test all spirits. And God is trying to prune you so that you may enter into a place where at just at the twinkle of an eye, you can tell when this is the Lord and this is not the Lord, but also to prune your desires and your affections so that you don't open the gates to the things that the enemy will be offering this season. Now, in so when you, and also because it is the season to build, every time you are invested, because building involves investments, every time you are investing, it becomes harder for you to live in ignorance because you feel like I have put in so much. I need to know, I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. But that in itself is a law of hell. Is a law of hell. Because the Bible says, blessed are they that have not seen, but yet believe. Do you understand? He says that hope for us who hope against hope. I says, Abraham, even though in his lifetime, he did not receive the things that you know, God promised him, he didn't see it all, but yet he lived waiting for a city whose builder and maker is God. So he did not see it physically, but he was able to stand in the Lord. So sometimes may we not enter into divination and now remove ourselves from the allocations of hope that God would have given to us if only we agreed to stay in hope. This is why I'm teaching these things, because as you begin to build and as God begins to bless you, one of the things you may fall into is the need to know it all. But the Lord doesn't always work like that, because when you know it all, what use is there to trust? You will not trust anymore. But as we trust in the Lord, trust in itself creates spiritual energy around your life. A man of faith is a man of power. 
And so you may look at him and think, but you don't have all that you need. Why are you saying you have a power? Yes, because that's what faith does. So sometimes God will leave out certain things so that it makes room for you to yet have faith. I hope we're together. Now, I want to, I want to touch on something really quickly about the voice of God. And the speaking of God as it pertains to this whole divine life divination, because I need us to move quickly so that we can enter um, appoint, um, appointed times and then we cannot enter, you know, um, divine estates. Father, what's the time? Real quickly. So in Proverbs 25, verse 2, it says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. He says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, a thing, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. Now, when you look at this scripture, the word the glory in the Hebrew is the word kabod. And we know that kabod, um, because I've, I've used this word several times, kabod literally means, so it's, it's several times, 156 times, it is used to speak about glory. About 30 something times it speaks about honor. Other times, Kabod is used to represent um, um, glorious or it is used to represent honorable. So when it says it is the glory of God, it says it is the honor of God, it is the abundance of God. Listen, it is the abundance of God. It is the riches of God. It is the splendor of God. It is the dignity of God. It is the reputation of God. It is the reference of God to conceal a matter. And, you know, I have talked about the word kabod, and I explained it that in the ancient Hebrew times, or in the ancient Jewish times, when they used to weigh things, they used to have a scale. And on one side of the scale, they'll put a known weight. And on the other side of the scale, there's an unknown weight that you want to measure. So for example, I know the weight of this water, that is the known weight. And on that scale, you know those scales that have like the, is it the pivot thing? And you know, like this, you have two balancing things. So you put this weight that you know on one side, and then this one that you want to measure, you put it on the other side. So you are measuring this against this. So depending on how, far this moves down or up you can tell oh okay this is half this weight or this is like a quarter of this weight now this known weight is what the jewish people call kabod and this weight is always often gold silver or bronze those were the three things that were used as kabod in those days so you measure things against gold you measure things against silver or you measure them against um bronze so these were the known weights that were put on the scale to measure so when it says it is the glory of god to conceal a matter listen it wasn't speaking about it is the smoke of god you know we say ah the glory of god is in this place yeah hey, smoke everywhere fantastic those are manifestations of you know he enters a room it's like if you know the smell of my perfume and I enter a room you can say mm, Pierre is here even when you close your eyes and I enter you can tell when I walk past you why because oh you you, you already know how I smell you you even know maybe how I walk or stuff like that so it's the same thing when God enters a room there are just certain things that begin to manifest but those things are not him 
So let's not mistake the signs and, you know, all of those things for God. That's not God. God is different completely. He says, so it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. He says, it is the, it is the, the honor, um, honor of God, the dignity of God. He says, but also to know the weight of God. To know the weight of God, to know the power of God, to know the fullness of God, the weight of God, he says it is in the matters that he conceals. I need you to hear me, and this is deliverance for somebody. Because there's somebody on this call that has been here and you have been saying to yourself, oh, you know, God does not really love me. God is not really uh, in my life. God is not, God is not speaking. So, you know, I don't know if God is still with me. You know. There was something God said to me as I was reading the scripture again today. He said to me, he said, Isi, my silence is not my absence. I, he says, my silence is not my absence. He says, actually, my glory is more present when I am silent. He says, because it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. So when a matter is concealed, I need you to know that that's where God's glory is. So there's somebody here that is saying, but I don't know why. Hey, I have been waiting on God for this thing for how many days? But God is not saying anything. God has left me. No, it is a lie of the devil. His silence is not his absence. Actually, when a matter is concealed, that's the place where you can find his weights. That's the place where you can find his honor. Now, why am I saying this to you? Because what divination does is that it wants to tempt you to go outside of his government because of his silence. It wants to tempt you to step away from the order that God has set for you, the order of prayer, the order of seeking, the order of going into the word, the order of crying out to the Lord, the order of crying out for his voice, the order of researching. He wants you to bypass the processes by which a man enters into his glory. He wants you to bypass them and then go and be seeking. What's the Lord saying? Okay, what's the word? Go back to the Lord. Because every time that the Lord is seemingly silent, every time that a matter is concealed, it is an invitation for you to partake of his glory. It's an invitation to partake of his glory. This year, the powerful things you will build, the powerful structures you will erect, the powerful businesses you will start, ah, the powerful moves you will make, they are all hidden in the silent matters of God. They are all hidden in that area of your life that you are willing to go and look at. Why? Because God has refused to say anything, go there. I'm telling you, that's where the next level of your power is. That's where the next level of your glory is. It says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the honor of kings to search it out. And I need you to stay with me, Zele Vele Kala, because you see, you have been crying out to God, Father, I need favor. God, grant me favor. God, let people honor me. Listen, the honor you are looking for is in the concealed matter of the Lord. Because I always say to you, the most powerful person in, in, in a situation is a person who knows the heart of God. He says it is the cupboard of Elohim. Remember, Elohim speaks about the tripartite God. So it is the cupboard of the divine one. Ah, you need to understand what I'm saying. That means the ones who have the divine nature, the only way they have cupboard hey, is when they search out matters. This is the culture of divine ones. 
I need you to stay and understand what I'm saying. He says it is the kapod of Elohim, the divine one, to conceal, which is the word satar, to hide, to conceal a matter. Now, when he says a matter, it actually says it's the Hebrew word dabar. And if you've been following me, you will know that word very well, dabar, because I have taught about dabar and what we're teaching last year about midbar and we're teaching about the desert. I used the word midbar and I said it comes from the root word dabar, which means to speak. And I said, so many people say, oh, I am going through a, a desert situation or I'm going through a, a, a dry place. I'm going through. And I said, listen, when the Lord began to see people say, I'm going through a wilderness season and they call it, oh, I'm dying. I'm just going through a wilderness season. I can't find God. I said, no, because wilderness in itself comes from the root word, the bar, because wilderness is the word midbar and it comes from the root word, the bar, D-A-B-A-R-O. And the word, the bar literally means to speak. So I said, when you are going through a wilderness, you are not going through a season of the absence of the voice of God. You're actually going through a season of the voice of God because the word wilderness was coined from the word the bar. Now, I say to you, he says, it is the glory of God to conceal the bar. It is the glory of God to conceal speech, to conceal talking, to conceal revealing through words. He says, but the, he says, but cabod of kings, kings is the word melex, which means designated, appointed ones. It is the cabod of melex to search out now, I need you to hear me. You cannot enter into the next phase of authority that God is calling you to, the next phase of power, the next phase of glory, until you learn to do the searching, learn to search God. But you are not searching just anything. You are searching the debar of God. You are searching the silence of the Lord. You are searching the unspoken words of Jehovah. You are searching the things that are not revealed. You are searching the things that have not been said. This is not the season where all the sermon you preach, if they ask you to preach, you are preaching Joshua Samuel's message. You are preaching my, all my messages. You are preaching no. Search out the power of God. This is not the season where all your revelation is revelation that another person has brought. This is not the season when all the songs, they say, sing a song, sing a new song to God. In the midst of this, sing a new song to God. You are saying, first it was fragrance, then it turned to fire. Sing a new song. Let something fresh come out of you. He says, because as a melech, as a king, you will never have honor. You will never have glory. You will never have posture. You will never have authority. People will not move because of you until you have a revealed dabar. Are we still together? Until you have a revelation of the word of the Lord. So don't, don't, Take the silence of God as an invitation. When you wake up in the morning and you hear, ah, you say, Moria Kadeva Sobela, Lord, I love you, Lord, Deboche Kevalan, Tequila. And nothing is moving. Your room is just dry like Lagos weather. It's not the time for you to say God has left you. Take it as an invitation. I say, I see Lord Jesus. That every time it seems like you are not speaking, it is because. There is a glory that you have reserved for me. 
The reason why God is silent on some matters is because he doesn't want you to lose your opportunity for glory. Because if he were to reveal it and say it himself plainly, then he would have taken from you the opportunity to be glorified by reason of your search. How do you search? Let me teach you this morning. You can, God can never reveal to you what you don't honor. Are we together? Please, if you are with me, CPI, let us search. Tell me how to search. Number one, you search by honoring the unrevealed things. Many of us honor the things that are plain and simple and revealed. We honor the things that are obvious. We honor the things that, you see, that's why I don't joke with people who honor me before they know me fully. I don't know how to explain it. I don't joke with people who can honor my simplicity. I don't joke with people who are not waiting for me to do, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, actually the voice of God is, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have time for that. I don't have strength for that. And as you see me now, so I be. So when people can see the simple and honor it, I honor them. Do you understand? Now you search by honoring even the things that are not obviously powerful. The reason why many people don't even know sometimes the timing of their lives is because you can't tell when God is speaking. You don't honor things like repeated numbers. So you keep seeing it over and over and over again, but you have never sat down to say, ah, everywhere I go, I keep seeing 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. Every time I check the time, I keep waking up 11 prompt every day. Ah, what is going on? Honor the simple things. Honor the things that are not initially clear to you. Honor them and say, okay, you know, there must be something there. There must be something there. Number two, you search out God by going back to the things he has said before. Because you see, God is progressively revealing himself, but not outside of the context of the things he has revealed before. So he's progressively revealing himself, but not outside of the context of the things he has revealed before. So when you then look at Jesus, for example, when he came, every time Jesus will speak concerning himself, he will speak and say, as it is written of me, as it was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, as it was spoken by this person, as it was spoken by that person. Because you see, all of those things are basically like the compass that helps you to navigate around the heart of God. So you need to consistently go back to the things that God has spoken before. And number three, you must be an effective steward of the words of the Lord. Like every single thing, write it down. If you see the amount of notes that I prepare for prayer ring, you will think that they invited me to come and preach in the White House or to all the presidents of the world. I don't joke with anything. I don't joke with any opportunity to appear before God and to minister to his people. I gather information. I am studying hours before just to teach for one hour, one hour, 30 minutes every day for 21 days. Do you know what it takes to do that? That's why when you remember me, pray for me, pray for my husband, pray for my children because they pay a great price for me to be who I am. Now, why do I do that? It's because I understand that God will never give revelation to a person who does not steal what information. 
You have to steward every information. As you are going through the day, anything the Lord says, write it down, record it. Then you have to always go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible and check for the meaning of things. So when I'm talking to you and I'm saying, is the word theos, is the word this or is the, I'm not trying to show off. I don't do things like that. If you know me very well, I don't show off revelation. I just, they can't be. You know, I enjoy what other people have to bring. But you see, I do it because... You have to be a person who treasures understanding. When the Lord says that you treasure understanding, then he will pour upon you. He says, the one that has little that and does not do anything with it, he says the much that he has, the, the one that has much and does not do it, the much he has will be taken away from him. But the one that has little and stewards it, you that you had much and you did nothing with it, your much will be collected and given to the one who stewards the little. So you, you understand, if you are faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. It's a spiritual principle. I did not invent it. And God honors all his principles. So that means that if you honor little revelation, much revelation will be given to you. This is how the Lord works. Then number five, you must open up yourself to consistently receive of God. How do you open up yourself? You create an atmosphere that is favorable for God to dwell in. The Holy Ghost is extra sensitive. If you think I'm sensitive, meet the Holy Spirit. I learned it from him. He's extra sensitive. A little word, a little thing that you can watch, you know, a little, you just stay in a movie where they're using the F word. They've used it once, you are still sitting down there. They used it two times, you are sitting down there. By the third time, Holy Spirit just carry, cut out his angel, like everybody, please let us go. They'll just leave you alone with your film. He's very, very sensitive, you know, so you have to create an atmosphere that is conducive for him to dwell in. You create it by raising worship consistently around you. You create it by um, checking the words that are spoken, the words that you speak, the words that people speak. You check it by the values and the principles by which you engage consistently. You know, when you create that atmosphere, he will keep speaking. You will realize that his voice is only concealed based on the level of consecration you have attained. That's it. You see, that's what opens it up to you. The level of consecration is what determines if the voice is concealed or not. Another person can walk into that same room and say, my God, glory of God is here. The Lord is saying so much. And you, you are there saying, ah, but God is not saying anything since. Why? That person has been on the mountain for 30 days in a year, open. They hear the one when consign him, plus the one that does not consign him. But you, you are there. When they say, let us fast, you are eating puff puff in between. Somehow you can justify how boiled corn has turned to fruit fast. And you think that you will hear the things that the other person is hearing. Impossible. So you have to create that atmosphere that makes it possible for the Holy Ghost to speak. And then when he speaks, treasure him. Treasure him. You see, I can teach one thing one million times shamelessly. I do it. You even you will see the thing will sink in your head. You get tired of hearing me say it. I will say it again and again. The word mashal, it means government, it means telling God's story. It means it's not because I don't have other things to say. It is because I treasure the little that I receive so that I may gain the more. Please, this morning, I want you to talk to the Lord and say, Father, I have heard that your silence. Is not the absence of your presence, but it is an invitation for me to search so that I may also come into my cupboard. I may come into my own measure of weight, which is your weight. 
it is an opportunity for your weight to be transferred to me. So Lord Jesus, help me this morning. Help me, Holy Spirit, to not be foolish as it pertains to spiritual things. But open my mind, open my eyes, open my ears, Baba. Make me quick and effective as it pertains to receiving you. My God, help me to search. Help me to search. No matter where I am or whatever I'm doing, help the searchlight of my spirit to be on consistently. Help me, oh God, to look out for you in all things and at all times. Teach me, Baba, how to understand signs and symbols and seasons. Help me to be able to find you in the tiniest things and help me to be able to see you in the great moments. My God, I want to know you. I want to search you that I may find you because there is a weight you want to place upon me. There is a weight you want to place upon my family. There's a weight you want to place upon my nation. There's a weight you want to place upon my continent, oh God. And it is dependent on my ability to hear the unspoken things that you have reserved in the earth from the foundation of time. So my God, put inside of us the hearts of explorers. Help us to be believers that are willing and ready to explore you, oh God. Baba, teach me how to buy new notebooks and new journals and new pens just for the sake of searching out specific topics. Show me, oh God, how to maximize technology to know you, God. Father, make yourself interesting to me once again. My God, help me to know how to treasure your voice. Baba, for what was it that Joseph had that positioned him to stand before the pride, to stand before the favor of his time? What he had was the knowledge of your voice. What was it that Daniel had? What was it that the apostles had? It was the knowledge of your voice. Baba, help me to understand that it is not the rat race that makes me powerful. It is not publicity. It is not strategy. It is the voice of God, help me not to fall into divination by reason of rebellion, but help me to fall into the cupboard of your voice by reason of submission. I hope you are praying. Somebody's life is about to take a drastic turn because this morning you are now subjecting yourself to the true process of the divine. You are subjecting yourself to the true process of the spirit. God is giving somebody a fresh opportunity to be positioned once again in the flow of his spirit, to be positioned once again, to receive honor once again. God is restoring somebody here. You have been despised even by your own, but the spirit of God says, I am about to give you double honor for your shame. He says, but the way I'm going to give it to you is as you sink yourself in me. Stop chasing after them. Stop chasing after that person. Chase after me and they will chase after you. When you chase after me and my weight rests on you, they will not be able to deny that I am with you and they will chase after you. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Ask the Lord to help you. In the name of Jesus. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day where we make the true chase. This is the day where we effectively search for God. And as you do so, the Lord will find you in the name of Jesus. Stay with me this morning because there is somewhere I believe the Holy Ghost will have us land before we leave. Just stay with me. So as we do the search, 
Today we realize that the cost of staying away from divination is that you solely depend on God and you go into the place of searching according to heaven's standards. When you give yourself to the Lord, all kinds of doors will begin to open to you. When you give yourself to God, you come into the time of divine appointment. You see, none of us should be able to consider life from any other perspective than that of the timing of God. Because the Bible refers to God's time and appointment. <laughs> Excuse me. The Bible repeatedly refers to God's timing and appointment. You know, so every time that prophetically the word of the Lord comes, when the word of the Lord comes, when the prophetic word of God comes, every time it is empowered by two things. Because why? We're talking about divine timing. So hear me. It is empowered by two things. Number one, it's empowered by the fact that God has inscribed the performance of that word on creation from the moment creation began. There are things you will enter into this year. There are phone calls you will get this year that did not come this year. They came 7,000 years ago. Those calls were already locked into creation. There are offers that will be made to you that will happen, not today. They were made many years ago. Why do you think that Satan's greatest aim is to change times and laws? Because he understands the power of time and all that is locked into time and the legislations of God that are hidden within the fabric of time. So if you are going to be a powerful person, ah, you see, if you are going to be a powerful person, you must understand timing. What's the things the Lord tells me to do? The moment I can see it as it has been written in time, I don't wait for anybody. I don't even look for, I just move. It may look crazy, it may sound crazy, but it's got the power of divine timing, the power of divine appointment. When you can lock yourself into it, you will understand that you are no longer walking by your power. You are now walking by the power of all creation. This was what happened to Deborah. The moment she rose up, plus earth, plus heaven, plus all the tribes began to respond to her. Where were they before? Why did they not respond before? It is called divine timing. Listen to me. So every time the prophetic word of the Lord goes, is empowered by the fact that God has locked it into creation, its performance into creation. And number two, the fact that God has scheduled and embedded all these events into creation. So prophecy in itself is the medium by which the creator's inscribed events are triggered. So it is not the prophecy that is now making it happen. It is the fact that it has already been inscribed in creation. So how does God trigger it to come to pass? How does God now trigger that new day for you? How does God trigger that new company you will come into? How does God trigger that new business? How does God trigger that new era? How does God trigger that new season? God will prophesy or he will release what is usually called prophetic triggers. These are codes and signals that have been implanted in the earth. Do you understand? Or implanted in a sphere, your sphere of life, or, you know, it's just implanted by God. And they are usually released through prophecies. I'm telling you, Saul was literally looking for his father's donkey. 
He didn't go out that day thinking, come on, this day sounds like the day that a king would be appointed for Israel. There was no king before him in Israel. So he could not have ever imagined it. That is called the exceeding and abundantly beyond that which you could ask or even imagine. This is how prophetic triggers work. So they do not work within the confines of your imagination. They do not work within the confines of your desire. So you are there praying and say, God, give me one billion naira contract. God is like, listen to me. There are triggers that have been embedded in your destiny that are beyond one billion naira. If only you can see them when they are moving, then you would understand that I'm giving to you much more than you could have ever imagined. Now, so these are prophetic words that may or may not be uttered by people directly. So you see through time, all kinds of things. Sometimes it's even in like blessings and curses that Moses released over the people and said to him, he didn't curse the boy. He said, if you will do this in the land you are going to, the Lord says this will happen. If you will do that, the Lord says this will happen. So you see it in like Deuteronomy 11, 29 and Deuteronomy 4.26, Moses said a couple of these things that were supposed to be triggers for the people. The moment it happens, you will know that it will come to pass. So these prophetic triggers are words tied to specific predictive events that are recorded in God's calendar. Now, when you look at 2 Chronicles 36 verse 22, it was speaking about King Cyrus, who was a Persian king. He says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Hear me. He says that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, which was prophesied a long time ago, that the word may be fulfilled. And so now this is in the first year of King Cyrus, king of Persia. So this guy just became king. He was a Persian king. He should have no honor for the Jews. No, he's a Persian king. So for him to be king, he must have been raised in the Persian culture. He must have been raised raised in the Persian ways. They must have cooked him to be king. They would have cooked him in the pot of the Persian sorcery. So he was not a normal guy. He was not just a guy that was suit and tie was walking around. No, he had been cooked and prepared. He had entered into the divine huts and into the divine cages and caves of the Persian kingdom. So sitting on that throne was not just a man, was the deity of Persia. You need to understand what I'm saying. So he must have signed covenants and covenantial agreements with the gods of that land for him to be able to rule on their behalf. So here is King Cyrus sitting there in the first year as the king, not knowing that a prophetic word had okay. gone on the mount of Jeremiah many years before the word of the Lord had gone ahead. And here is this special king that was prepared by the Persian gods and the Persian sorceries to fulfill their desire. But what they did not know was that a prophetic trigger had gone ahead of Cyrus that supersedes all the gods, all the sorceries, all the divinations of his lineage or his father's house. He says, the word of the Lord as spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah, that is may be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. This is 2 Chronicles 36, 22. Stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he may be made to make a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, verse 23, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among of you, of who is among you, all of his people. May the Lord his God be with him and let him go up. 
excuse you, I'm telling you that in this year, there are allocations that God has for you. Even though it is locked in the hand of a Cyrus, by reason of the prophetic triggers we are releasing, even now from this altar, we decree and declare that even the kings over industries are being moved to release holy declarations as it pertains to God's prophetic timing for your life in the name of Jesus. I decree and I declare that no throne is bigger than God. No system is greater than God. No power is bigger than God. As long as the Lord has prophesied it, let the words that God has spoken concerning you, his exceedingly great and precious promises, let the prophecies that have gone ahead of you, let them begin to cause triggers all over the earth, triggers all over the earth. Ay, 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 let the prayers you have prayed, let the altars you have raised in the realm of the spirit become prophetic triggers right now in the name of Jesus. Let them begin to trigger kings. Let them begin to trigger systems. Let them begin to trigger industries. Let them begin to trigger nations in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that God has reserved for you, let them respond right now to the triggers of God's prophecies that were released over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. The same God who spoke to Cyrus, the king of Persia, the same God who spoke to a king whose throne was based on the demonic. And the Bible says the spirit of God moved the spirit of Cyrus. Baba Elekosokopa, the hearts of kings are in your hand. And like a water course, my God, you turn it for your good. Every single thing that you have allocated for us in this season, that you have spoken concerning our lives in this season, Baba, we declare that in the name of the Lord Jesus, huh? let prophetic triggers begin to go forth. Let them begin to go forth. Let them begin to go forth. But according to your will, according to your word, the things you said concerning me, when you laid your hands on me, the gifts you put inside of me, the impartations I have received by the laying on of hands, let them become triggers in this season huh? that are triggering goodness for my sake, that are triggering favor for my sake. Pray, 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 that are triggering, oh God, huh? favor in the name of the Lord Jesus. I decree and I declare that every word that you have spoken, this is my prophetic timing. This is my divine appointment in the name of Jesus. I hope you are praying. I hope you are praying. It was a prophetic trigger that we saw also, even in the book of Leviticus 10, verse 1 to 3. The Bible was speaking about the profane fire of Nadad and Abihu. When they came and offered up, the Bible says in Leviticus 10, um, Leviticus 10, yes, from verse 1, it was saying, said, Then Nadad and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it. They put incense on it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had commanded them. Ah, so fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me. So this was what the Lord had spoken. He said, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. He says, as before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. It was Aaron's sons that died. But Aaron could not say anything to God. 
Why? Because a word had gone out from the Lord before, saying anyone who comes to me, who comes before me, must regard me as holy. He says, I must be glorified. I will not take it any other way. He says, now, even though their father was a priest, not just any priest, he was one of the high priests. He was not just any priest. Their father was a priest, but yet they were consumed. Why? Because the fire that they brought was a profane fire. I need you to understand what I'm saying. These prophetic triggers do not only come to favor you. These prophetic um, triggers also bring the judgment of God. So you need to understand, Aaron's sons must have thought, last, last, we are Aaron's sons. Nothing can ever happen to us. We can't fall fire anyhow. You are here thinking that last, last, I've been an usher for 15 years, so I can pray anyhow. I can, uh, last, last, is also all of us are leaders in this ministry. So when they say give, you just carry your, 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 your dead 200 naira that has stoned. Put it there. In fact, worst still, you will not even give anything. Last, last, I'm the wife of the pastor. I'm the pastor himself. I'm the pastor herself. And you think you can offer up dead profane fires before God. What happens in this season of prophetic triggers is that it also triggers standards of judgment. And also, you need to understand that, yes, it triggers standards of judgment in your life, but also in the things that you birth. Because these were Aaron's sons. Aaron could have put them in order. Aaron could have attended to the things that proceeded out of his life. Aaron could have looked at his business to say, ah, yes, so you may, it may be that is my business, but the business stands on its own and there are requirements of God for my business. So is my business paying its tight? Is my business observing the Sabbath? Is my business treating the workers well? Is my business... Everyone did not attend to his sons. So they kept offering that strange fire, thinking it's okay. Everyone covers them until there was a trigger and the word of the Lord had to come to pass. Listen to me. These prophetic triggers don't only bring you favor the way that we looked at it in 2 Chronicles 36, but they also bring judgment because we're speaking about divine timing. So I need you to not be ignorant of where we stand in in this season. So you also need to attend to your sons. Do not raise Hophni and Phinehas to God and think that your lineage will continue in glory. Do not raise Hophni and Phinehas ministries. Do not raise Hophni and Phinehas businesses. Do not raise Hophni and Phinehas marriages. Do not raise Nadad and Abihu um, kind of standards or mentees where, oh, they are close to the fire, but they don't really have the fire. They are close to it. They can imitate it, but they raise up a strange fire. And also, it is a warning to those around you and to all that are masquerading, all satanic agents that are hiding and masquerading under strange fires to gain an entrance into your life. They are saying yes and amen. They are carrying Bibles and following you. But God in heaven knows that they are really agents of hell to destroy you, to destroy your home. The strange women, the strange men that have entered under the guise of fire, but they have raised the kind of profane fires that these people raise. And today we 
we declare that by reason of this trigger of the word of the Lord, let judgment come upon them in the name of Jesus. Anyone raising a strange fire, anyone stirring strange fires, anyone hiding under some kind of fire that is profane, but it is a lie. We decree and I declare that the same word of the Lord, let it come to pass right now in the name of Jesus to expose, to disgrace, to scatter in the name of Jesus. Those that are monitoring, that have been sent by hell, that have infiltrated your camp, that have infiltrated your family, that have infiltrated your businesses, that have infiltrated your life. Agents of darkness sent by hell, but they are covering under fire, but they are strained, profane fires. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, let there be a trigger in the realm of the spirit. You who took out these same people, Father, take them out in the name of Jesus. Baba, we decree and we declare that we are standing on holy ground and we reverence you as holy, oh God. So let your holiness and let your holy fire claim its territories in our lives in the name of Jesus. Karamedo Sukaba. I hope you are praying. I hope you are praying because every dead weight you carried from 2022, it will drop today in the name of Jesus. Every kind of filthy rag from hell that was placed upon you from 2022, it is torn from your bodies in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let there be an exposing. Let there be triggers of light in the realm of the spirit. Even as God has spoken and has said, you will, you will not stumble. You will not dash your feet against the stone. Let these words be prophetic triggers in the spirit realm to necessitate that there will be an infiltration of light into your system, into your homes, into your families, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, pray that the enemy will not be able to circumvent the prophetic words that were meant to trigger new seasons of grace and power in your life, that the enemy will not be able to circumvent it. Pray that you will be able to, to, to come awake and be able to discern God's triggers in your life, and you will be able to respond to them accordingly in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. It is all these words which are living and powerful. That is where the world turns. This is God's divine power. He is the one we lean upon. So God will cause these triggers to come forth, either visible or invisible triggers, visible or visible signals. The visible signals are through things like your dreams, your vision, prophecies. But some invisible signals is in your ability to see, to sense, to feel, to, to be able to discern the movement of God. So it may be visible or invisible, but whichever way the Lord is at work. As you go, I want you to remember Habakkuk 2, verse 3. He says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. I need you to hear me. There are things that God has placed in your heart before today. There were things you wrote five years ago. Those journals, dust, have filled them. Please go and dig them out. 2023 is the year to build. 
2023 is the year to build. I am saying it again and again. Because come 2024, God will look for the structures you erected this year to use them to save the earth. So go and dig out those journals. He says the vision was for an appointed time. He says it has tarried, but listen, it is about to speak. The voice of that which the Lord told you many years ago is about to be released to the earth. Go back, ask the spirit of God. What is the thing that you tried to do before that it didn't work? But you knew you had the Lord. You saw it in a vision before you started. You had a dream. It is time to go back. He says, even though it tarried, it is time for it to come to pass. Hear me. Because visions from God that have once been spoken were plainly written. I'm telling you that these things carry in detail the power of God's divine edicts. Jeremiah would never have imagined what his words would do many years later to the heart of a king. You wrote it down. You thought you were just writing one normal sentence in your notepad. You did not know you were writing God's divine edicts. Let me help you understand. I saw somebody say it once. He said, these things are like supernatural to-do lists that you wrote down, but you did not know. They discharge specially assigned angels that have been poised by heaven to carry them out. There are many angels waiting in heaven. They are standing beside the sentence you wrote in your journal. The day you wrote it, you began to weep. The presence of God filled your room. You knew it was the word of the Lord. Five years have passed. It hasn't come to pass. Go and bring it out. Go and pray over it. Somebody will lie on top of a notebook this morning and cry and say, God, is it time? Is it time? Father, trigger the circumstances around this vision. Father, trigger everything around this vision that will make it come to pass in the name of our Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I need you to know that the Lord God Almighty is with us. As I said in Jeremiah 8 verse 12, they were ashamed when they did abomination. Yea, they are not all ashamed and blushing. They have not known. Therefore, they do fall among fallen ones. In the time of their inspection, they stumbled, said Jehovah. Listen to me. In Jeremiah 8 verse 12, we're speaking about times of visitation. But he said, hear me, because they were not ashamed, they were not quick to repent, they stumbled when their day of inspection came. I beg you, this is not the season for stumbling. I don't know what they call it in other languages, uh, other nations. If you know, help me type it. I don't know what stubborn is called. But in Nigeria, stubborn is a spirit whereby you will hear something, but you will do the reverse. Or you will keep hearing it, but you had in your heart and you are never able to receive it. This is not the season for stubborn I beg you in Jesus' name. This is not the season to say God is saying, but I don't really know. Or God is dealing with you concerning a matter. And then you do nothing about it. Jeremiah said, the Lord said, because they were not quick to repent, when the day of their inspection came, they stumbled. Listen, there is a day of visitation. There is a day of inspection where the Lord will come with his journal and his pen to inspect your life. 
Some people have lost their lives because they failed their inspection. Some people have been removed because they were not able to keep to the standards of inspection. I beg you in the name of the Lord Jesus, whatever God is speaking to you about, respond promptly. 2023 is a critical year. The Lord is coming like a watchman to inspect the lives of everyone. And I pray that you will not stumble in the day of your inspection in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 When you go back, I need you to pray with scriptures like Psalm 102 verse 13, where it talks about the time of God's favor. He says, I will arise and I will have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. So mercy responds to favor. And favor comes about by reason of a set time, a trigger. He says, I will have mercy on her for the time to favor her has come. So when God wants to favor you, he doesn't just release wealth, money, things to you. The first thing he does is to have mercy on you. Because naturally, you are not deserving of the thing that is coming to you. If you were to look at the standards of your life, you should not be able to get them. So when God wants to favor you, he will first have mercy. And I've taught you people before about mercy, the operation of mercy, and how mercy is a higher operation of the spirit. And it comes directly from the throne of God. And it is superimposed over many laws and many spiritual standards. Mercy comes as a sovereign law that comes directly from God. It's like an God's executive order. That you that bypasses other rules and regulations. So when God wants to favor you, He will first re release the order of mercy into your life. So mercy will now say, Yes, she doesn't have this right, she hasn't done this, she hasn't done, but let us favor her and cause her to have supernatural distinction. So, but how does favor come about? It says, Yes, the set time has come. So for every season you come in to ask the Lord. What is the set time of favor you have allocated to me in this year, 2023? Because for God to be able to do the things he needs to do in your life and your calling, he has appointed some set times that are triggers to release favor, triggers to release mercy over your life. They have been set into time and eternity. But many times we walk past those set times because on that day, they annoyed you. Your husband annoyed you. So throughout the day, you were fuming. And you did not know you had entered a set day. So when the time came, because for every set time, it requires the collaboration of the one who sets the time and the one for whom the time was set. These two people need to work in alignment and agreement for the set time to manifest. Hear me, the one who sets the time and the one for whom the time was set. So it is not something that just happens unknowingly to you. So there must be a collaboration. So when your set time comes, you have to be in order. This is why you must not only fast in January, but the whole of this year, you must have a fasted life, a life that is ready to receive the signals of heaven. Why? Because you need to know your set time for your favor and your mercy to be released. So when you go back, pray with that scripture. Also read Zephaniah 2 verse 2, read Psalm 75 verse 2, read Deuteronomy 11:25. You know, read Isaiah 60, verse 22. Read Matthew 8, verse 29. And Matthew 26, verse 18. I hope you have gotten all of this. But of course, 
We cannot talk about divine appointed timing without you reading and praying with Ecclesiastics 3 from verse 1 to 17. Read all of these scriptures. Pray them. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 17, it talks about all the events, all the, there's no events in life. In fact, it mentions 30 events in life that are governed by set time. So go and read them and pray all those events. Ah, as it pertains to my day of joy, as it pertains to my day of war, as it pertains to my day of embracing, as it pertains to the day I fight, every single thing I bring it under the government of God's set time. You know, so go and study them, go and pray with them. And I know that the God of his word, oh, people say I should read it again. You didn't hear me. <laughs> Sorry, so tell me, should I read out the scriptures again? Or you listen to it on YouTube? Thank you. Aha. So the God of his word will keep to his word. Okay, let me read it. Zephaniah. 2 verse 2, there's a, there's a book in the Bible called Zephaniah. I know that is strange, but it's there. Zephaniah 2 verse 2. Psalm 75 verse 2. Deuteronomy 11 25. Isaiah 60 verse 22. Matthew 8 verse 29. Matthew 26 verse 18. And I said, of course, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 17. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 17 is what, where it mentions 30 different events in life that are governed by set times. So pray them because all of us have those events, a time to embrace, a time to disembrace, and be, what do they call them? A time to fight, a time to love, everything is there. So pray them, pray them, pray them. And the God of his word will fill your life with his presence. And he will cause all these prophetic triggers, all these things he has spoken concerning his word. Your life will be like fireworks of triggers coming alive back to back upon the heel of the other. Blessings following you in the name of our Lord Jesus. It is well with you. Tomorrow, I will start by teaching you about your divine estates. Look, honestly, I didn't think we would do the divine for so long, but alas, here is our God. So uh, we will just follow the Lord and stay in step with him. And then after the divine, we'll enter covenants and the blood. You know, um, I believe that the spirit of God has got something he wants to talk to us about. Blood covenants that were made in our lives, for our lives, <laughs> that we didn't even know of through our lives. And the ones we are making even now, and we don't even know, but the spirit of God is causing liberty to happen in this month of January so that it will not be where you are standing on the high mountain. You will now realize that, ah, there's a problem. So tomorrow, get ready. We'll talk about divine estates and allocations in the realm of the spirit. And we'll keep going down and everything that the spirit of God has for us, we will enter into it all tomorrow in the name of the Lord Jesus. We'll talk about divine license, divine mandates, you know, divine scheduling. And I know that God Almighty will keep us. So God bless you. Please take all the scriptures, go back and pray them, process them, enter them, you know, surround yourself with them. Use them to sow agbada. Use it to sow gile on your head. So the word of God is, is regal. It's like a headgear. It covers your head. Use it to cover your head. Use the word to cover your heart. You know, use the word to sow, to make wristwatch. Let the word tell the timing of your life. You know, wrap yourself 
in the word, enjoy the word, and believe me, the word will honor you. Remember where what I said that God is never really silent. His silence is an invitation to the next level of your glory. To the, do you understand? So receive this invitation by responding accurately. I taught you how to search. So God bless you. Have a powerful day. Have a powerful day. Have a powerful day. Set up prophetic triggers everywhere. Prophesy into your office. Prophesy, set it up so that the future will respond to the triggers you are setting up today. Prophesy into December. Prophesy into November. So that when that time comes, November will have a trigger that it responds to. Remember what the prophecy did to King Cyrus. If he could do it to a Persian king that they had cooked in the pot in Benin, we call it pot of Oziza. They cooked him in the pot of Juju for Persia. But his heart was moved. Is it your boss's heart that cannot be moved? Prophesy and see what the Lord will do. God bless you. I love you all. Keep me your prayers. Keep my family your prayers. Keep my heart your prayers. And if God leads you, bless our ministry. And I know that God will keep blessing you. I will see you again this same time tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. Pray, 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 and fast. Fast, 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 fast. Fast, keep the fast. Trust me, there's benefits to it. Enrich your spirit. Take responsibility for your soul. Remember, you are the... Hey, what's that word that I taught you about today? The word for... Um, the word for divine what's the word theos you are the theos god is pulling you into his theos to be the theos the ones that carry you no know, cardboard is glory theos is divine you know so you are the theos you are the gods you know god is raising you to operate in like his trinity for you to operate like the trinity so study the trinity see how it works how does how was the collaboration between holy ghosts and Christ and God, how does it work? That's exactly who you are. You are the Theos. So nothing should take you down. God bless you. I love you. Let me let you go. Have a lovely day while I go to bed. Bye. Pastor Stephanie, over to you, please. Thank you so much, Apostle. God bless you. We're going to release you and let you go to bed now. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I'll just quickly go over the scriptures that P.I. had mentioned. Zephaniah 2, verse 2. Psalm 75, verse 2, Deuteronomy eleven twenty five, Isaiah 60, 22, Matthew 8, 29, Matthew 26, 18, and Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 17. And that scripture in Ecclesiastes um, lists out 30 events in life that's time. So um, just take note of it. Okay, someone has typed that out. Thank you very much. Uh, please give. We have shared the link for you to um, partner with us and to give. Um, please can admin just share that again in the chat. Um, emails were sent out yesterday as well. Um, and we'll still keep communicating with you um, in, your, in your mailboxes. So please look out for all the comms from Prayer Rain. God bless you all. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you for your sacrifice. And the Lord that sees will honor in the name of Jesus. I was going to briefly mention the um, fasting structure. Some people had reached out to ask, and I understand that there are different. Um, okay, someone is saying share share details for foreign accounts. If you click on that link, um, it's a flutter wave link, and it has any any um, what's it called? Any currency you want to pay in, you are able to do that with the flutter wave link. It's give to POI 
bit um bit, it's it's been posted basically um so once you click on it you can give in any currency so check to make sure it's the same currency that you know you want to give with um just briefly about the fasting structure before we go we're doing a six to six um fast for most of us that are already in west african time zone so we wake up at 5 a.m and then we pray from five till about seven and then we carry on fasting until 6 p.m now um, I'm also going to suggest for people that are in America or, you know, other time zones where the prayer time falls around maybe 10 p.m. your time, 11 o'clock your time or 12 midnight your time. What I would suggest is maybe you can um, use the fast structure that we used for the previous fast. I believe it was in September where we fasted. Um, we broke our fast between 12 noon and 6 p.m. every day. So we had a six hour bracket, six hour time window open. And that was when we were um, not fasting. So you're fasting from six till 12. So you're fasting 18 hours and then you break for the six hours, which is in between at the, what's it called? Um, the middle of your day. So you can try either one that works for you really. If you have any health conditions or anything like that, please check with your doctor, your medical practitioner to give you, you know, a clearance to fast. However, the purpose of the fast is abstinence and it's not just abstaining from food, but staying in the word of God. That is what strengthens us through the fast. So don't deprive yourself of the spiritual nutrients that will strengthen you and keep you through this season. God bless you all. Thank you for your time. May the Lord be with you. May his goodness and mercy follow you. And may his face um, continue to shine upon you in the name of Jesus. Amen. See you tomorrow, same time. Bye for now.